Welcome back to Ascend Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in 2 Timothy chapter 3. It reads, But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people, for among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at knowledge of the truth. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also opposed the truth. Men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith. But they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all, as was that of those two men. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch and Iconium and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured. Yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. As we jump in here to 2 Timothy chapter 3, today I'd like to focus on a topic that this passage covers. We're going to talk today as we focus in on our nugget of truth about the inspiration of Scripture. When we look at verse 16, it says, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. First, I'd like to start by defining what the inspiration of Scripture is. The inspiration of Scripture means that God has divinely inspired all of the writings that we have here in our Scriptures, as well as ensuring the process of canonizing them into what we now have as the 66 books of the Bible, is God's plan for man to have his inspired or his divinely written words for us. So the original autographs, the original scriptures, as they were inspired by God the first time that they were written down, were God's desire for what man would have. Now, that doesn't mean that the writers of scripture were inspired. There's a little bit of a difference there in terms of the writers had written and continued to write other things aside from the scriptures that we have here. They are all not inspired, only the ones that God has desired to be a part of our scriptures. So the Old Testament, the New Testament, these writings combine to be what God desires and gives to man that will allow for all things that are listed in this verse to take place. So it doesn't mean that God just magically wrote through these humans that had no say on what's going on, but instead God used the individuals who wrote these scriptures, their personalities, their vocabularies, their different life events, to write the scriptures in a way that they would be accessible to people for them to understand what he's trying to teach to them. Now, there are specific places in the scriptures where God tells a person, write this down, and they write a specific message that is directly from God. 
But the majority of the things that we have in the scriptures are these individuals writing on their own terms, writing what God is doing in their midst and through their community of believers. And that is then built into the canon of scripture or the totality of all that's in the scriptures. That is what God has given us to learn about him and his character, his story from beginning to end, and how we're supposed to respond to the way in which he's revealed himself to us. And it's important that we understand that all scripture is useful for that. So while as we read through passages, it might be difficult for us to always understand or comprehend what it means to us today and how we're supposed to relate to what we see in the scriptures, all of them have a purpose as far as what God is trying to teach for all people. Now, I know as an individual who's been reading and studying the Bible for, you know, over 30 years, that there are times in which I've read a passage that I know I've read many, many times before. But at an older, more mature situation with a greater understanding of Scripture, I'm able to understand at a higher level what God is trying to teach through that passage. Many times reading in the Old Testament, I'd get lost on what God's doing. I'd lose track of the story about how he's continually processing and moving us towards significant events that are part of God's redemptive plan of history. As a more mature reader, I was able to understand the nuances and the clarity of what's there. And so while we might see certain passages where we're like, hey, I'm not really sure what this is talking about or why this is here. We've talked about genealogies and other things like that in this podcast that many times we just glance over. But the mature reader is able to see the importance that they have and to understand the importance that they had for the original audience as well and why they were written and what they allowed them to learn about what God was doing. And so it's important that we understand this specific doctrine that we have and that we believe about the scriptures. Because if all of the scriptures are inspired by God and what God has given us for our life and godliness, then we need to, one, seek to understand them. We need to, number two, seek to not add or subtract from them, not take away things that they say or not try to add other things to them to make it so that it fits better with our world or the world around us or the systems that we desire it to be. We also need to understand that just as God progressively revealed himself to man throughout the time in the scriptures, he also continuously reveals himself to the student who is studying the scriptures. That means we should significantly invest in studying and in rereading God's word, because the person we are today hopefully is not the person we were when we first began reading the scriptures. He builds on the understanding that we have. He grows our knowledge, our wisdom, our understanding, and our comprehension of what he's trying to do through that process. So I pray that this is an encouragement for us to continually invest in studying God's word, just like you are today as you're listening to this podcast, and hopefully in the other times of your day that you're studying and reflecting on God's word. As far as a question from this passage, one of the things that I do want to look back at is verse 8. It lists these two individuals, Janus and Chambris. And now while with many of the people who have been mentioned here in this book and in the previous book as well, we don't know a ton about what's going on. But these two individuals, though they're not named in the scripture, it's believed that we can look back to the story of Exodus and understand that Janus and Jambres, these two individuals here, are two of the magicians who opposed Moses. 
if we look back in Exodus, in the beginning of Exodus, really, and follow the story of Moses and the Israelite nation out of the Exodus, the individuals who opposed him were these two people from Pharaoh. And so the scriptures are not giving us those names, but the traditions and the understandings and the interpretations of scripture that are given by other individuals throughout that time do put these two people as the names of those magicians who are in Exodus 7, 8, and 9. The Jewish tradition also has these two individuals as ones who converted to Judaism to follow the nation as they exited, and they actually are credited with instigating the Golden Calf Rebellion that took place in Exodus 32, and they are then killed for that revolution and that rebellion against God. So while we can't say that with 100% certainty that that's who these individuals are and everything that took place, the scriptures are silent on that, but the traditions around that have been there since the earliest times do point to these individuals, and they're part of the story that has taken place as being what we've just talked about. But our understanding of this passage shouldn't be altered too much if that is not the case as well, because they could just be two unnamed individuals in the scriptures that we don't know anything else about but we understand that their opposition to God is not going to continue. That's what Paul wants Timothy to understand. Verse 9, But they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all, as was that of those two men. As he wants to encourage them about the failures of these people who have departed from the truth, he says, hey, there's examples of them. He gives Janus and Jambres, who certainly Timothy would have had a greater understanding about, because he would not have mentioned them had he not. But he gives them to Timothy to say, hey, you know what happened to these guys, how their failure came upon them quickly. It'll be the same for these other individuals who certainly he's wrestling with now continue to spread their false beliefs and continue to impact the people that Timothy is ministering to. And so he desires that to stop. He desires it to be over. He desires his people to be freed from the oppression and the false teaching that's coming through these individuals around him. And he hopes that that will end. But Paul wants to encourage him, hey, it's not going to last forever. They will not get very far. Their folly is going to come out and the individuals will see the truth and they will turn from these false teachers and hopefully back to the Lord. So we need to understand that as we look at passages like this, we can look at traditions and other things that are there. But if it's not in the scriptures, as we've said today, if it's not divinely inspired, we need to make sure that we're not putting so much on that interpretation that it would change another aspect of the teaching of scripture. Janice and Jambres and the traditions and the things that we add to that, they provide a little bit more clarity about a specific situation that displays the truth here that Paul is trying to teach to Timothy. And so as you study the scriptures, as you look at other places in here that you seek to, in this chapter, understand in a greater sense, pray that you'd be asking good questions about how to reveal further truths from the scriptures that would enlighten you as you seek to learn more about the Lord and the way in which he's revealed himself to you. As you do that today, know you are loved. You're-